0: and enjoy the podcast. And welcome back. Welcome back to the Black Psychologist Podcast. We appreciate everybody being here. I am one half of your humble and gracious host and clinician here for your listening pleasure, Dr. Kyle Osborne, as always. And of course, I'm never, ever here by myself at all. I'm here With the man, the myth, the legend. All right, stop what you're doing, cause he's about to ruin the image and style that you used to.
1: None other than Doctor Jason
0: Coleman. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, man. I think I like. That's the best. That's the best intro so far, man. I ain't mad at you.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? How you been? How you been, bro? You gotta, you know, you gotta hump it up real
1: quick. You know, (laughs) bro. Yo, man. Listen, man. Digital underground, bro. You Absolutely. know, classic man it bring me bring me right back to uh sixth, seventh grade, man. Absolutely. Rest in that, peace, that, was our, G. that was our first. Int- well, some people's first introduction to uh Tupac, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was they he was a roadie, man. On a main on a main yeah, yeah he came, out, came up came up to
0: them. You know what I mean? mm, that's big episode 23, bro. Episode 23. Yeah, that's man. where we're uh, We're rolling, we man. Here, man. We, we are definitely, rolling.
1: So we um, before we uh, get into it what well just before we get into it just um want to thank everybody for listening um subscribing we definitely appreciate it um and please just continue to share the videos um subscribers is growing um and you know definitely uh we humbled by the support so uh keep it coming appreciate it
0: absolutely um so let's get right into it um here we go so breaking news earlier today um coming from the olympic village over there and in, uh, in tokyo so for uh those that aren't aware that haven't gotten the news um The goat herself, Simone Biles, um, withdrew from the women's gymnastics team final earlier today, and she decided to withdraw from the uh, gymnastics team final event, citing mental health uh, concerns. And I'm going to read what uh, her quote that she had mentioned in some of the reports. She says, whenever you get into a high stress situation, you kind of freak out. I have to focus on my mental health and not jeopardize my mental health and well-being it sucks when you're fighting within your own head and people have to understand or remember that we're not just athletes. We're people at the end of the day and team USA is planning to have a mental rest day um, on Wednesday or tomorrow. So uh, so like literally that just that happened this morning and there's more more information still coming out. um, So we'll still continue to monitor. But uh, Jay, when this hit your news feed, what did you think? What were your, your thoughts on everything?
1: Um, honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised, right? Like I've been saying on here for months, you know, um, this new generation has a new, like they have a different attitude towards social issues, towards, you know, uh, what they do, what people have traditionally viewed as, uh, authority, um, and everything else. Right. And when we saw LeBron James, you know, on a calm app commercial, you know, we should have seen, we should have, Knowing we were going to see this coming, right? We see Naomi Osaka, mm-hmm. um, withdraw from the French. I don't know if it's the French Open or whatever that major yep. tournament was over there. Um, we should have saw this coming, right? Um, so it's so I think it's a good thing, um, because again, from from our perspective, they're doing what we ask, right? We're asking people to prioritize mental health so that we don't get to the point where we have emergencies, um, and we have the more extreme end of reactions and and kind of coping mechanisms so people are doing what we ask um, and i think that what we have used to as the consumers is that um it may not result in the outcomes that we want right in terms of the entertainment so telling people to prioritize their mental health may result in somebody like paul george sitting out right and us not being able to see him perform right simone baos sitting out Right. Um, But we have to support these individuals because if they had a broken leg, if they had other medical disorders, then, you know, we would support them without thinking about it. So I think it's a good thing. Um, And, you know, I I, I think people are just going to have to change their perception. Right. Because in the article they were talking about she didn't perform, but, you know, she came out um, and she was kind of sitting in the stands, you know, on her teammates. So I can just see the backlash coming. Right. She's strong enough to go out there and participate. So if she's that, quote unquote, sick, you know, or quote unquote, ill, you know, then how could she be strong enough to do that? Right. Um, And then I I think it's coming. Right. So education is important so that people understand that when individuals are experiencing like depression, anxiety, social support is important. Right. So somebody who's depressed, yeah, they might not be able to perform you know their duties um you know but going somewhere being you know having that social support that social connection is still important so um you know i mean i was i was happy but i was also kind of um i was also kind of you know hesitating waiting for the reaction you know Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's coming so so what what was your your first thoughts when you thought when you heard about this
0: Um, I'm, well, one, I'm happy that she's not, there's not a medical injury or it's not a physical injury because there were, you know, some of the reports that came out were saying that she was injured. I think the way she had, I think, walked away from the the area when she went back in the locker room initially. So people were fearing or there were reports coming out that was a medical injury. So I'm happy that she's not physically or there's not a medical injury taking place. Um, and a couple of things that you mentioned, like you said, you're not, you're not shocked, right? You're not surprised um in the sense of you know there's a situation where and i like another thing i want to highlight is um she mentioned that we're we're people at the end of the day which is true i'm happy right. that she mentioned that because that is the perspective that people should start adopting yeah yeah she's an olympic you know world-class athlete but we have to remember like there's immense pressure that goes along with being a world-class athlete athlete or becoming an Olympic athlete and then even more importantly staying an Olympic athlete like I can't imagine feeling the pressure or feeling judged or always being evaluated and having the need to perform at the top of your game in front of other people I can't imagine the stress that that comes with and we also have to keep in mind that these are a different type of Olympics right so we have of course the normal Olympics come with that you know, the typical pressure and stress. But we have to remember, like, this year, there's a whole wide array of different variable or stress variables that were were added, right? So we have COVID. So it's a situation where now you're placing them similar to, like, you mentioned, like how Paul George and LeBron James, they're essentially in a bubble out there in Tokyo. So now, not only do they have to continue to work hard and train to perform, but now they have to do they have to incorporate and participate in all of these different safeguards just so they can stay healthy because we know that there's an outbreak taking place over there. So amid the outbreak, they have to do what they have to do to stay safe. Cause I don't think they weren't even involved in the opening ceremony with the rest of the, um, the, the athletes like team USA, the, 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 the gym team, the gymnast team, they actually did their own kind of ceremony outside. Cause I saw like what they posted and that's just a, a safeguard that they put in place for them to stay healthy so you got that now the fact that they're in a bubble there are no spectators right so that means limited family support that means limited social support so now you're you would usually have other family members there to support you if you are experiencing any type of distress or any type of things they're not there so right. you have all of these other different things in addition to this it's 2021 right so the the olympics were originally scheduled for last year so now there's an additional year of training. So we're right. usually they would have been finished. They might have been doing some other different things. Now you're, the body is going through additional year of training because everything was delayed due to COVID. So keeping in mind that this is an individual who has had, in addition to the typical pressures and stress that comes with being an Olympic athlete, now you have the COVID precaution. Now you have all these other different things. And I think the perspective that people need to keep in mind is that, they are still just human at the end of the day. So I'm happy for her that she, you know, didn't feel the need to kind of have to battle her way through this. Right. Cause like you said, the same way with Naomi and LeBron, the way that they're putting their health first, I feel like this is great. Like this is, you know, she said that she had noticed that she wasn't able to sleep earlier and that she was like experiencing a lot of shaking. And so she knew that something was off. So as opposed right. to trying to battle it out, as a lot of people said, like you said, the the narrative is going to is going to come. People are going to have their opinions. Oh, you should have just toughed it out. Your teammates are counting on you and so on and so forth. She decided to put her health first. And that's great awareness on her part that she says, you know what? I'm not going to. Um, take a chance on exacerbating these symptoms or whatever I'm experiencing. Because, you know, the thing that we've always talked about with our clients and our patients are you're the best, you know, professional with you. Right. No, nobody knows you better than yourself. And if you feel off, then you shouldn't go forward with whatever activity or whatever might be contributing to this. Like some of the symptoms that she mentioned could be indicative of anxiety, stress, depression, some of the things that you just mentioned earlier. So that is great awareness on her part to say, you know what, I'm going to put my health first and, you know, the hell with everything else. I got to do my health first. So like, I felt that that was like really powerful on her part. And that goes right up there with her Olympic accomplishments that she's already achieved is putting her health first.
1: Um, You know, again, I, only thing I would really add to that is, you know, I don't know if it was in the works or not, but again, result from all these you know top athletes top people in their sport you know in um taking this kind of standards you know you have team usa saying they're taking a mental rest day right I don't know if you would have seen that um without Michael Phelps without LeBron James you know without Simone Biles these are the people who are the bosses in their sports right these aren't people that they're you know consider just you know trying to make their name right um and it's transcending kind of sports right people that are giants in their field so we have coco doing the verses you know talking about her experience we got mm-hmm. meek mill on instagram you know talking about therapy and making it more accessible and you know kind of making it more palatable for lack of a better term for you know groups of people um so people are taking the lead right and we're not really again we're talking about giants in their perspective fields you know whether that be sports news entertainment or whatever um and I think that that's going to make the difference, right? Because not only do, you know, young people kind of follow these individuals, but these are people that we idolize, right? In one way or another, um, whether we want to be like them in terms of what they've achieved financially or in their field. Um, so it's kind of easier for us to see, well, you know, if if, if Meek Mill is accepting a therapy, you know, then... So then then me too. Right. Then I can go. Right. And not be ashamed of it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If LeBron James uses this calm app and uses these coping skills, then I can't, I, I don't have to be ashamed of it. If Simone Biles, you know, um, who has all of these gold medals, you know, is willing to say, wait a minute, you know, you know, um, I don't need one more. My mental health is more important than the person that is trying to struggle through that day at work, you know, might be more likely to kind of reach out for assistance. So, That's all I would would add. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good start. Um, And like we always talk about messengers important, right? Um, I think we got the right messengers when it comes to this.
0: Yeah, I I like that. Um, The message, absolutely, that it's especially to not just young people, but even younger folks that are looking up to them, um, that it's sending a message that it's okay sometimes for you to sit out the big competition to focus on yourself. Because, you know, I believe that that shows not only how strong a competitor you are, but how strong of a person you are to say, hey, you know what? I'm rather just going to sit out, like you said, focus on your health to make sure things don't get worse, because we've seen situations where people do try to battle it out and it does get worse. Like you're showing you're a big competitor, you're an even bigger person. And, you know, I'm going to focus on myself and it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to not fold and, you know, have to deal with some of those pressures of your, whoever was going to be saying, hey, you should just go out. So I'm liking the message, like you mentioned. Um, so we'll still, we'll see, you know, um, I'm hoping that, you know, cause I think she's still eligible to perform in some of the individual events that are happening like later this week and over the weekend. And, um, you know, I wish her the best. Um, I hope she gets to support, and the service and treatment that she needs and that she takes it day by day and that she continues to put her health first before she steps back onto the mat. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll
1: see. Definitely, man. Um, definitely, uh, looking to see kind of how this plays out. Absolutely.
0: All right. So, so we just talked about the good ways the message that, um, are being spread across by athletes. And so now we're switching gears to a new message that a lot of, uh, that some cities are adopting in regards to uh, crisis response teams. So recently um, in New York, this past uh, June, so last month in June, New York City started its uh, Behavioral Health Emergency Assistance Pro Division, or they call B-HERD. Um, And so what this initiative does is that it provides more targeted care for those that are struggling with mental health issues and emergencies such as suicide attempts substance misuse and serious mental illness so within this um, this program this program what it does is that it dispatches mental health specialists and paramedics instead of police for certain nonviolent uh, emergency calls that have resulted in a lot of people being able to accept assistance uh, assistance, and fewer people being sent to hospitals. So um, there were some stats that were here from from June 6th to July 7th. BEHER received roughly 16 mental health calls each day, right? And so these calls um, that BEHER that was responding to, they were responding into the area of uh, northern Manhattan, uh, which includes parts of Harlem, which receives the the city's highest number of uh, mental health emergency calls. And within those calls that they received 95, in 95% of the cases, people accepted the care from Be Heard. And so, and additionally, 50% of the people treated from Be Heard were transported to the hospital for more care. So um, I'm liking this initiative. Um, what was your take reading through this
1: article, Jeff? Well, it's two levels, right? Um, one, the initiative worked. Right. Um, and the proof is in the statistics. It's nothing that can be argued. We're talking about 911 calls. So we're talking about real emergencies. So the two results that really matter here. The number of people who accepted help from essentially the social workers and mental health professionals versus police officers exclusively went up 13 percent from 95 percent to 82 percent. So more people are receiving the help that they need. All right. Um, and they saved the state money, right? How did they save the state money? Because fewer people were sent to the hospital, 50% versus 82%, right? So without digging into that stat, it's fair to say, you know, that if fewer people are going to the hospital, <clears throat> that means that the individuals that were responded to the calls previously were sending 32% people to the hospital that most likely did not need to be there, right? right. Um, so the intervention worked. Um on a second level i think it speaks to a lot of the social issues that we were kind of talking that we've been talking about right um specifically issues that impact black communities right um we talk about black lives matter a lot and the only reason why i'm bringing that them up specifically is because a lot of times when we we look at a lot of shows specifically conservative shows that we're talking about defund the police and talking about it in a negative in a negative uh, kind of light, mm-hmm. right? And and it, that's why it's important to have information because when people talk about re- defunding the police, we're not they're not talking about taking money away from the police, right? They're talking about redistributing it. So if we look in Minneapolis, where they did defund the police, they redistributed the money. No police officers were fired, right? right. But they did programs like and incentives like this. And why did they do they do programs incentives like this? Because over 70% of the crimes you know, committed in, in, in communities are committed wide through uh, uh, different factors such as poverty, homelessness, alcoholism, those type things, right? So we're trying to put the right services in the right place. So it speaks to two things. The intervention worked, number one. Um, two, and we're they're really addressing the issues that needed to be addressed. So I think it's very important in that kind of look this is a small program, pilot program, but it's it's important that we kind of look at these programs because when you have people throwing phrases around, you know, in a negative light, you want to really know what they mean. Right. So when people say defund the police and they're talking about, you know, reallocating money, these are the type of programs that they're talking about. All
0: right? And that, I'm happy that the you know, the pilot, this pilot program was put into Harlem, right? It was put into these other different areas in these predominantly black areas because they're sending out um, the clinicians that are are trained, right? So they're trained, whether they're social workers, whether they're counselors, psychologists, therapists, or or what have you, you know, the individuals on this response team are aware of systemic biases. They're aware of systemic racism because they're trained or, you know, so when they're responding now that they have this awareness, now that they have this training that you're dealing with this particular population of people that have, you know, these issues or that have experienced these negative interactions with cops and with police and law enforcement, you know, they're able to, okay, they go into a situation where they're able to respond quickly, they're able to assess, they're able to de-escalate, and they're able to, you know, treat and assist with getting the person the proper, you know, proper form, form of care. And, you know, that's been a big issue when you have, again, law enforcement going into these communities. And, you know, you know, and I know, Jay, we've we work with patients or with clients that are in crisis, right? So when it's a very, you know, difficult situation. However, when you have people that are experiencing a mental health crisis, um, you know, the police are usually the first ones that are called. And so police are trained differently than someone, you know, that's on this response team. Like they're trained to respond with force. So, you know, when they arrive on the scene, the first thing that they're going to do is ensuring, you know, primary goal or their go to is to force compliance. You know, and I know someone that's in crisis, usually is in a position or doesn't have the awareness or the ability to, you know, understand. You know or be able to it's not going to respond well to that force right so and when you right. have that type of situation unfortunately it's going to be unlead to unnecessary and disastrous effects something that comes to mind with me is the walter wallace jr situation that took place last year where you had you know the 27 year old young kid that was you know experiencing a mental health crisis and he was shot by by police over there in, you know Philly, right. and so People, especially African-Americans that are experiencing behavioral health needs are 16 times more likely to be killed by police. So when you're sending these individuals that are trained in a certain way and don't this is I'm not talking about law enforcement in any type of disparaging way. But again, there's a difference in training. There's a different in goal as far as when they arrive on the scene. So, like you said, it's working when you have people that are going to be receptive to the care that know how to respond appropriately appropriately to a situation to one, not only understanding the racial, you know I mean, underlines and dynamics to it. And then they're also understanding, okay, this is how they're going to quickly assess the situation. So, you know, cause the goal is to de-escalate and keep people safe. But when you have a different kind of training mind that go into it, you have these adverse, you know, consequences of situations. So I'm happy that they launched the pilot program in this area and they're getting good results.
1: I mean i agree um and i think the goal was met right because what was the goal the goal was more targeted care for individuals struggling with mental illness right and that was achieved um i think more importantly you know when we kind of talk about the bigger issue i think um maybe that people maybe people are starting to get the point um you know that police officers are not equipped to, to deal with all mental health issues right um right. specifically emergencies so um, I think that that is kind um, of, you, you know, that, that's kind of the umbrella that this is kind of under. Um, and I think all of the, that that's, you know, kind of why I brought up the defund the police issue, right? Because all of these issues are connected. All of these issues are things that people in the community, organizations, and, and um, you know, individuals in general have been talking about, you know, for years as a problem in terms of unnecessary police contact. So I I will leave it there.
0: And you're right. You know, um, the money aspect can't be ignored. So if it's saving the city money in some form or fashion, yeah, they'll continue to back it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why that was the first thing, you know, that I pointed out, right, Mm -hmm. Um, is that they're saving money, right? Um, Because, again, when people talk about reallocating resources, the first thing they talk about is, know less police on the streets um you know and it's going to cost us more money to hire people right um and factually that's just untrue you know in the cities where this has been enacted so it's important to point that out
0: all right cool so we'll continue to see i hope um more cities and more townships more states start to adopt this research because it sounds like even in other states similar programs are having very very good results so um Good results means more Ithaca, healthy lives being saved.
1: Ithaca, Ithaca, New York, is another good example. Um, they did another pilot program in Ithaca, New York. Um, anybody listening under the sound of our voice can look it up. Um, analyze nine one one calls. Um, mm-hmm. Proves in the statistics.
0: That's it. can't argue that. All right, so we're gonna uh, change lanes here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go the um, the social media dating route. All right all right so
1: interesting topic yeah interesting. interesting one all
0: right so and i know you're the love guru so i know you're gonna have a lot of input on this jay all right
1: so. <laughs> nah, nah, i don't know about this one man, but let's go
0: <laughs> so is it possible that swipes on dating apps like hinge and okcupid okay might be racist all right let's let's get into it so there are these authors of a new book that are arguing for race blind dating apps and the removal of filters of race and ethnicity. So the authors are of the dating divide are showing how online dating sites exacerbate racial divisions. And, um, through these filters, they did a study and they found that the race related preference filters on these digital dating platforms help foster racist attitudes, especially towards black women. So there was a study that was performed about dating preferences along racial lines on OKCupid, which came to a similar conclusion that black women had had a hard time matching on dating apps. as did uh, black Asian men, black and Asian men. The study also found that um, preferring to date one's race was fairly common. Uh, if, like, for instance, black women preferred to date black men at a rate that surpassed only by Asian women's preference to date Asian men so i asked you jay the question i have for you is is it okay to say i prefer this race of people and i don't like this race of people for a romantic interest
1: what are your thoughts okay um all right is it okay in general mm-hmm. on
0: general and i guess through right. the removal i guess right. kind of within on this on these dating apps
1: all right. So let's talk about it two ways. One, and this was something I wrote by, I, I think people do it in general anyway. Right. Um, I think visually when, when individuals select, you know, a partner or interest, they automatically, you know, are going to be interested in people ac- according to a certain, you know, height, pro- maybe weight, body size, you know, ethnicity, skin tone, all of those things. um, I think that that just kind of is one of those things that consciously or unconsciously we just compute with in our mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was one. I didn't know you was going to start with that qu- question, <laughs> but I think that was no, no, no. I, I think that was one of the problems I had with the study, right? And R- let me first right. make my posi- position clear. Go ahead. My position is that I think the experiences that a lot of the African American women in this article that were quoted that they reported. In terms of having um, being racist stereotypes, right? Yeah, being most likely to receive offensive messages. Um, I think it is reflective of what we see in societies. So let me say that, right? I think it's reflective of what we see in movies. I think it's reflective of what we see um, in beauty magazines, images um, in a lot of different ways, right? I think this article kind of misses the mark in my in my in my opinion only because, Um, I think when individuals go on a dating site, I don't think that removing the dating preferences, especially if you still have pictures up of of individuals, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's really going to change much because I don't think somebody who's not interested in an African-American woman or man or Latinx woman or man, I don't think they're going to change their mind because they can't filter them out. You know what I mean? Um, So that's where I think, I think the intent was good, but I think it misses the mark in terms of what the intervention that they want to implement, like removing the preference. Um, So that's my first thought. So Mm -hmm. let me know if I'm missing something um, or what did you you think when you read it?
0: Flowing bro. Keep flowing. You all right.
1: Um, And then the second thing I was going to say is, so we remove it. Right. Um, Are we just prolonging the rejection or the abuse that the person might experience right because you have somebody we're talking about people not my feelings now we're talking about people that will put in i don't want to see jason right i don't want black males with dreads i don't want black males over five under uh six feet tall right Right, go on right i'm five ten i'm gone right so now you remove those things and now i appear you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know. Maybe I match with the person. Maybe there's no pictures, just preferences. So now what? You know, if the per- if, if if I if if I don't pique the person's interest, if they're interested in white men, you know, the fact that you remove the preference is not going to, you know, make them entertain conversation with me. That's just how I, I feel about it. Mm. Um. So, uh, you know, again, and I'm just wondering if the rejection and the interaction would be even worse at that point. You know, you know what I mean? Um, so I I don't know. Um, so I agree with with the experiences that, that the people were, were um, reporting. Um, and again, I think it's reflective of what, what goes on in society. Right. Um, but I just think it misses the mark in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, man. Yeah. Um, and then I have a question. I have a question for you. Okay. The other side of it, you know, I like to take the other side of a point, right? So I'm a black man, right? I move to the whitest city in America, Portland, right? I want to be a black or Latinx woman, right? So what do I do? I go to Bumble, go to one of these, and what do I put on my preferences? Mm-hmm. Black or Latinx women, right? Where, and whereas where, before I might have had to scroll through 200 people. Right. Because the city is 90 percent, you know, Pacific, you, you know, you, you know what I mean. Um, Asian, Pacific Islander and, and and Caucasian. Right. Now I get that small percentage of people that I'm looking for. Right. Maybe it's not for a date. Maybe it's for a social group. Right. Um, so that's the other side. Right? right. So what do we call that? I mean, I'm not. Ca- Dude using a res- reverse racism argument coming from no, me I, you understand you, what i'm you, saying did
0: you but make I, a good point because that's where it gets tricky because right. that's absolutely where it gets tricky because using this filter there like you said there are two sides and it absolutely could allow some people to use this filter you know or some someone of color like you mentioned saying your example to use the feature to find a friendly face on an app in which could be like as opposed to them seeing like a whole sea of like white torsos right if they want to see and that's how it is like in the real world right like you said if you're in an area where it's predominantly white and you want to say all right well i'm looking for someone that's um that that can identify possibly with my experience that i have maybe some more similar background and things of that nature then yeah like i i i in my opinion i believe that that's okay using the app in that sense the other side right. of it it just or it could be used just for like institutionalized racial profiling so like there are there are two sides of it but how you know like you said i think it, it definitely comes down to why you're filtering kind of i guess your reasoning or how you know the genuine because people are allowed to have a type when it comes to dating like you said whether it's a right you know, I allow. I want someone that's tall. I want someone that's that's thick. I want somebody that's you know whatever the person's preference is, You know, and uh, I
1: think, okay, tall and thick. That that's your preference, huh? Tall bro, and thick. Bro, bro listen, man. You know, <laughs> 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 you at least know we well. at least we know what you put. Bro, you you know, and I know
0: full well. At five six, bro, let some tall chick come in here and look at me. They're gonna be like, yo, are
1: you serious? <laughs> hey man, hey you know man. Listen,
0: listen, man, you know, they're, 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 <laughs> I, I doubt that they're gonna be man, like, man, shorty. like, you know what I mean? Like, man. Man, like, don't,
1: listen, man, don't you know, talk yourself out, man. Oh, no, nah, brother, listen, don't yourself out, my brother. Hey, you know, man, you
0: gotta know I mean? listen. We are the same, we are the same height laying down, but look, you gotta know I mean? be. It's a situation where that's, that's right, you that's know, right. it's more. I feel like, like you said, it could be a situation where you're setting the person up for rejection if they don't because it's also been a thing where the filter has kind of allowed people to like really be free to kind of express like whatever biases or whatever misogyny whatever they have towards especially women of color because that's something that they probably wouldn't do face to face right but you can do that that's the thing that these that these apps allow you to do is that well i have a certain thought or feeling towards whatever person of color or whatever situation may be and you can kind of use that through the app as opposed to cuz you wouldn't do that in person so you know it's it's a thing i see the benefit of it for me where it's like okay well if by removing these filters it reduces the frequency in which people are of color because that's what they talked about in the article. If it reduces, which if we're talking about females um, of color, and if they're always a the subject of this erotic objectification, like you said, like of all these other different sexist remarks, if the filter reduces that, then I'm, I'm all for it, right? If it's removing, you know, if it reduces like the implicity, and then it promotes the idea that, you know, we're going into the direction of race shouldn't be a criteria for partner selection, I'm all for it if that's the benefit. But again, that's what I said. It gets tricky and you don't always know. So I I see the the direction of what the the mark that they're trying to go for. I I really believe that it it comes down to what the person's purpose is or why they're kind of filtering it out. Like you said, if it's a situation where it's just like all, I only want whites, no blacks allowed. Like, all right, um, <laughs> you know, what's the kind of motivation or thing behind that? Is it a situation where you're, I right, mean, you you know, it's, it's a racism thing, or maybe you're just not into black guys. You know, it could be, it depends, it varies. So that's kind of like where I mean, I, I stand with.
1: I mean, I guess the last thing I'll say about it is. I'm not. They wrote the article in the book, so I'm not gonna act like I'm an expert on their um, on their research and and all of that stuff. Um, but again, just from kind of looking at, I I think they the way they were kind of shaping it was like the preferences was what created the like the the um, environment for people to to for the insults and all those things. And I don't, you know, from from a, just looking on its face, I think the anonymity, you know, I think it's cowards yeah. hiding behind a computer. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, so they can say that so stuff I, they saying person. Right. So I don't see how that stopped by removing the preference. And then you can still have the person with the same black face in front of you that you can still see, send the same message to. It doesn't make any sense, you know, and you still have the anonymity. So yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I just, that's why I said, even if well-intentioned, I think they missed the mark. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. So I
0: mean we'll see, you know. Uh yeah. I'm 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 old school. I still believe in you know meeting people in the public forum, public, you know, setting. You know, this, this seems already with the filters and things with the okay Cupid. It's too much work, bro. I'm I'm lazy. I'm a lazy lover. So I'm I'm you know what I mean. I don't I'll meet people in person. I don't know. You know, but I get it. it right,
1: everybody heard it. That's like, it.
0: Come see he's me. The lazy
1: lover, everybody. Lazy
0: lover. It. Lazy lover, pull
1: up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm putting putting that. I'm putting that on. Man, I'm putting that on. Oh man. All right, so um, what else we got, bro? All
0: right, so I'm gonna ask you another question. All right, have you ever experienced? Okay, it's like two, three o'clock in the morning, and you know that you should be asleep, Mm -hmm. Jay, but. You're on your phone and you've gone down this social media rabbit hole of bad news and Mm -hmm. other different things that are on your screen and you can't find your way out. And has that ever happened to you?
1: It has. You you keep scrolling and scrolling video after video. All
0: right. Well, you are not alone. Okay, so this is called doom scrolling. And for those that aren't aware of what doom scrolling is, doom scrolling is the compulsively scrolling through content on social media that is depressing or worrying. All right. So this became actually one of the words of the year last year um, in 2020, especially as COVID-19 and the pandemic saw people turn to the Internet for more information and uh, for answers to a lot of their fears. All right. So an important or question that usually comes up is why do people doom scroll? All right. Well, humans we are hardwired to learn and want to know what's going on. You know, we're very curious. Um, It's how a lot of times in really basic circumstances and over time, it's how people have survived. So it's also one of those reasons why this curiosity, why people tend to slow down when there's an accident on on the highway, which is something that I, 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 I hate, man. But you know, because people just got to keep moving. It's not it's not happening to you. Just just keep going down the highway. Um, so this is why we doom scroll. It's that constant need to gain information and especially during, um, you know, during covid um, and especially it seems like there was a study that came out and scrolling habit tends to be more prevalent among patients with pre-existing mental health conditions. And there was a link, there was a study that was uh, completed in um, 2020 that found a link between COVID-19 related media exposure and severe anxiety and depression and topic specific fear. So Jay, what was your take as you were reading through this article?
1: Um, Listen, this is to me, especially relevant now, right? Um, we talked about this a lot in a lot of the trainings I was doing um, last year um, in terms of groups like like how to cope with depression, uh, with anxiety, uh, um, stress, and all of those things. Um, and related to COVID especially, right? Um, especially when all of the numbers were piling up. We had consistent news coverage about people dying, about areas of the country and different countries being ravaged. Mm-hmm. As much as we wanted to get away from it, it was everywhere, right? It was on television. It was on our phones. There was always somebody popping up with a new story. Um, so it was easy to kind of get sucked into that cycle. Um, so we were kind of looking at it as, uh, as you know, in terms of stress management um, and just limiting your media time, your, your media time, right? Um, and knowing that kind of important information, you know, if it's important enough, you'll get it whether you get it, you know, from a coworker at work, whether you get it, you know, um, from your radio or from your your, your television, um, it's important to stay informed, but you want to limit the time um, that you're kind of exposed to that content, especially if you know it's negative. Right. Um, so we spend a lot of time just talking about that, um, behavioral interventions, for lack of a better term, um, in terms of, you know, things that you can put up in place um, to limit your exposure, right? Because we know, um, we talked about, during the, during, the, um, during the racial discrimination, uh, racial trauma training, you know, about uh, being inundated with, with images, right? And this is kind of the same thing, right? Uh, whether it's bodies related to COVID-19, whether it's multiple um, shootings of, of, of unarmed black males, um, all of these things, right? We can go down the hole um, and find ourselves like occupied um, with these things. So we want to kind of limit the time that we look at them.
0: Yeah, this seemed uh, very similar to like confirmation bias in the sense of, especially if you're talking about, like we just finished up an election last year. So like you said, it, we were, there was no shortage of like all information and things that were being flooded to the phones in addition to COVID, in addition to, you know, the racial uprising. But it's almost like I, I look at it where if the confirmation bias piece that comes into play is that you can go down that rabbit hole if your thoughts and perspective, like either whether it be COVID or whether it be on the, you know, social political, you know, news, depending on what side of the aisle you fall on, you know, if you're having a thought that like, okay, well, this particular political group is bad, or if this particular, you know, issue is bad, then you'll be able to find and focus on articles and information and news that'll, confirm what you're thinking right it'll be a situation right. where because the way the, the 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 algorithms and the way our phones you know are able to pinpoint what are are able to peak what our interests are you'll continue to go down that rabbit hole because you're finding all this information that's just confirming all of your thoughts and your perspectives and since we're glued to our phone it's like we have that companion of doom right next to us so we're going to continue to go down it
1: right i think um and again, I, I think, you know, we see the same kind of um, issue with, with children, right? When it comes to, like, cyberbullying, right? Um, putting down the phone is something that they can't do, right? Especially if multiple people are commenting, if something is going viral, people are sharing it, all of those things, um, you kind of get in the same cycle of doom scrolling, right? In terms of checking, um, everybody's post, you know, everything and all of those things. Um, and I think an important thing, like you said, Individuals who have mental health diagnoses or are vulnerable um, to certain uh, symptoms, you know, of, of specific diagnoses or just stress in general have to be extra careful, right? Um, and I think that's where the skills come in, um, in terms of, you know, having some healthy boundaries in terms of when you put your phone down, um, activities that you engage in that don't involve electronics, specifically the phone, um, and things like that. Um, And to be honest with you i think those things kind of need to be incorporated as part of like just regular healthy living anyway um but especially now so that's that's kind of what i would say about that
0: yeah it was it was
1: definitely an interesting article
0: it is uh because you know one thing like you said if especially those already have it it's going to exacerbate your symptoms, right? So if you're already struggling with depression, you're already struggling with anxiety, the, you know, PTSD, the hopelessness, all of these things become more and more severe. And um, like you mentioned, it's definitely incorporating some boundaries, right? Because that's the main question that people might ask. What do I do, right? How do I detach from the, the doom scrolling? How do I get out of that rabbit hole? And, uh, you know, and to highlight what you mentioned is definitely incorporating boundaries. You know, you wanna avoid, Dwelling and searching for the worst case scenarios of, of whatever area or whatever you're you're looking at, whatever you're scrolling through. Um, you know, the boundaries is it's I think it's unrealistic for like you said with the cyberbullying when you when we've heard parents or we've heard older individuals say, well, just put the phone down, right? That's that's not realistic for any right. kid. So, you know, the same thing is applied for us as as adults, you know, or anyone that kind of gets caught up in this pattern is at least doing like that harm reduction, right? Trying to control your media consumption as much as possible, like take breaks. So, okay, yeah, we want to stay up to date on the latest COVID protocols and all these other different initiatives and things that are coming across our screen. But it's like, okay, well, if you saw something in the morning, do you necessarily need to check the news at 12, at noon, right, on your lunch break? Do you, you know, maybe you don't need to check the news again or whatever that site may be until you get home during the evening so was, in addition like you said the boundaries is is pacing yourself having you know taking news breaks controlling that media consumption and you know what i always do is, you know cuz i'm a, i'm a big self care guy you are also is doing something pleasurable right to also offset that doing something relaxing yeah. um and you know bringing yourself you know that the self care is it's so crucial like you said that should be a part of our um our daily routine anyway but even more so now that we're in this this current climate of health issues, race stuff, all these other different stressors that we're all getting exposed to. It's so imperative that we incorporate that self-care, doing something enjoyable, doing something relaxing um, so you don't get caught, or at least it can kind of mitigate that pattern of, uh, of, of doom
1: scrolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, I think those are all good, you know, suggestions. Um, and the only thing I would add is, you know, I think relevant not only to you know COVID nineteen, but just in general, I think we need to kind of incorporate those into our regular routine, um, just to promote positive mental health in general. That's all.
0: Absolutely, and especially at night. I just thought of something. Like a lot of times, like you, like the scenario I posed to you earlier was, you know, a lot of times that starts at late at night. So. I would totally recommend and caution people to avoid checking the news (laughs) and checking the stuff at night because, you know, you're up once you get peaked like it's it's that downward spiral. So whatever it is, avoid it at night, guys, you know, like that's, you know, whatever happens at night, it'll whatever you're checking on at night, I promise you will be available in the morning. I promise you. So putting in those boundaries. I was laughing.
1: I was laughing because. I was laughing because I thought you had jokes because I'm running out of light over here.
0: Oh, no, man. I see you, man. You're doing it big. For those that don't know, I can't see. If you're just listening on <laughs> one of our streaming platforms, um, you can't <laughs> see the visual that we got going on here. Um, Dr. Coleman is reporting to us via satellite <laughs> at an undisclosed location. Okay. It's very That's festive right. over there. I'm in the. You can't see the He's calling us from, he's got the mm-hmm. brownstone vibes going. And, uh, you know, he, he's killing it. He's always on, he's always remote at a remote location, undisclosed, of course. Not going to, you know, do that HIPAA or confidentiality breach. Um, but, you know, he's he's guy. He's out there. He's in these streets, ladies and gentlemen. This is where it is. So, and you know what? Hey, man, I'm the fact in the, that he's I'm dedicated, the, to, it, it, this I'm conversation today, is going well into the evening and he is still reporting live, okay? That's how he does it. There it is.
1: Listen, man, I got the candlelight out here, my brother. I got hey, listen, the candlelight. Look, I wasn't even gonna show you, I got the candlelight. You know? hey,
0: look, hey man, listen. You know, it was good for our ancestors. It's good for us. Sometimes we gotta, you know, we gotta take it back in time <laughs> sometimes. <laughs>
1: hey man, we 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 get it done, my brother. We get it done. You know?
0: Absolutely. So uh as we wrap things up, uh anything, Dr. Coleman, that uh we should highlight before we get out of here.
1: Uh, No, just just again, want to thank everybody for listening, um, for the support. Please continue to um, share the videos, um, like the videos. uh, Please comment um, if there's something you like or if there's something you want to see added. Um, And we took a little break, but we will be back um, next week with the viewer questions. That's really all I got.
0: Absolutely. So like uh, Jade mentioned, the black psychologist podcast at gmail.com, send your video, send your questions, send your comments, anything that you would like some input or some reflection from us. And, um, you know, episode 23 guys. So we appreciate everybody listening and, and the support like Jay mentioned, because if you guys aren't listening and watching and subscribing, then, you know, we're not able to be here. So, um, we appreciate your support and, um, that's all I got all right jake you uh you stay safe out there while you're calling from the trenches out there live 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 via satellite and uh um, all right bro bro so we got guys Appreciate back everybody all right bro
1: back i'm I'm back to the campfire man there Later. you go <laughs> <laughs>